Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing in each one of our lives. Lord, I just thank you for the work that you are doing. And Father, that you speak to us in such incredible different ways. Father, I ask this morning that you'd speak to each and every heart that's here. That you would open the eyes and ears of our hearts to receive from you. And that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was getting ready to say, so this morning's message came about a week and a half ago. And uh, I wasn't in my office studying. I wasn't uh, deep in prayer on a mountaintop somewhere. In fact, I was, I was in the gym at, at the Y, and I've been trying to uh, get back into shape, trying to uh, reach some, some goals that I've had for a while. And I hit one of my goals before Christmas, and now getting back after Christmas, I'm trying not to plateau, trying to push past it. And so I was, I was in that weight room, and while I was lifting weights, I was actually uh, praying as well. And I was, I was doing a, a lift that I used to hate with a passion. I hate doing squats. Uh, they're uncomfortable, uh, especially if you haven't done them for a while. You've got to build up muscle on your shoulders to support the bar. You've got to make sure your form's right. You don't want to blow out your knees. You've got to make sure your back's right. It's just not a lot of fun. But they're crucial. They're very important. If you don't do squats, your legs hold the rest of your body. The rest of your body doesn't develop. And so I made a decision, I'm going to do squats. And so I've been in my routine for a little bit, and I had been doing lesser weight, uh, swallowed my pride, and I was doing lesser weight for a while so I could get deeper, make sure I had good form. And then I started uh, about a week and a half ago, I'm like, all right, starting to get a little more comfortable, let's start putting some weight on. So I put some plates on, did my reps, and started doing a pyramid, do 12 reps, 10, 6, 8. So I was getting down to 4, and I'm like, well, let's, let's just start working for it. So I had Three plates on both sides. Not a lot for someone who's lifted a lot, but it was, I was feeling good. So I was going for it, and I was working. I was just really pushing. I had my music blasting, and I was just going for it, and I got it up on the rack. Now, in the gym a few different times when someone's really going for it and they're working hard, some people around you go, yeah, go get it. And as I was putting it up on the rack there, I, I, I got the weight. I was feeling good. I was feeling strong. My, my adrenaline was pumping. My heart was pounding, and... And I just fell on top, and I heard the Holy Spirit in my voice say, go get it. But then I heard the Holy Spirit say, what if you went after your spiritual development with the same tenacity? What if my church went after me, went after what I have for them with the same discipline and the same tenacity? Then the words from this verse went through my mind, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. I love Paul. Paul must have been a sports fan. Do you not know that in a race the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. But we, an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air, but I punish my body and enslave it. So that after proclaiming to others, I myself should not be disqualified. 
Paul was writing to the Corinthians. The Corinthians were in a, a, the city of Corinth. The city of Corinth was uh, one of the most uh, well-placed cities in the ancient world for trade. They were wealthy. They had land routes. They had sea routes. They had the large temple for the Aphrodite, the goddess. They were a very wealthy, thriving city. And there was a church that had grown there, and the church was very well equipped. They had very gifted people. They had very gifted believers in their church. But it, Paul began to get word about the Corinthians, and he was in this letter to the Corinthians. He begins to respond to them, some of the concerns and the, the problems he began to hear. Struggles with immorality. That they were just coasting by on what they could do and achieve in their own strength and their own ability. And so he challenges them. He brings to remembrance, and obviously Paul had seen the, the games, or the Olympic games and the Roman games and the perishable wreath. Of course, the crown that they would give, all seen, the, you know, kind of the olive leaf wreath, this crown that they put on their heads, and obviously it withers. It goes away. People forget. But he's reminding them we're not working for things of this world but we're to be working and striving towards spiritual things. A lot of times we forget that spiritual growth and development is an active thing, that it requires us to be active. 1 Timothy 4-8, through 8, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, For while physical training is of some value, godliness is valuable in every way holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. I love physical training. I love competing, any sport. I love kickboxing and boxing, mixed martial arts. And, and those are all good things. And there's, it comes in handy when you have to shovel a lot of snow to, you know, to be in shape and to help other people out that way. I had to do that last night. There's physical benefits to being healthy. But these bodies are temporary. They eventually disappear. And oftentimes we put so much focus on the, the physical aspects of our lives, not just our physical bodies, but the physicality of, of our, our, our homes and our resources. We focus on our governments and on the issues in life around us, and we strive towards all these things to better all of these things, but we end up holding back when it comes to our spiritual growth and our spiritual development. The thing I love about that video and that Paul's kind of talking about here is that there's a certain hunger that you have to have to be a competitive athlete. Anybody can go join a, a, a community league and, and play and drink beer afterwards and have a good time. But if you want to compete, if you want to win, there has to be this hunger inside you that says, I want to be the best, or I want to at least, I want to be the best that I can be. I'm a very competitive person. I, if I lose, uh, the more times I lose, the longer I'll keep playing a sport, actually, and everyone's like, let's just go home already. I'm like, no, i got to win at least once. Or if I know that I have potential inside me that I haven't yet realized, I have to see it through. And there's been times in my life God's brought that to my attention, and he said, there's so much Potential. There are so many things I want you to see and to realize and to experience. Are you as hungry for that as you are for the things of the physical? 
So here's a few aspects of spiritual growth I'd like us to, to consider and to pray about. Spiritual growth and development is much like physical growth and development. As Paul was pointing out, only the hungry are fed. A lot of times we say, you know, I want to learn more of God. I want to experience His presence. I want to grow in spiritual giftings. And then we just kind of sit back and say, okay, God, let it happen. I've done this myself. The reality is we aren't really hungry for it. It's more of, okay, if it shows up, then I'll, then I'll taste it. Then I'll try it. And God's saying, are you truly desiring? Are you truly hungry for what I have for you? Only the hungry are fed. Only the hungry will receive. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Only the hungry are fed. Are we hungry to grow in our faith? Are we hungry for what God has for us? Second aspect, only those who push through will experience spiritual growth. Only those who push through discomfort. We saw in the video a lot of people in pain and discomfort. I hated squats. It was really uncomfortable, and it was kind of painful to, to be getting back into it. But over time, that discomfort began to diminish, and I began to get stronger. It's not always easy or comfortable to do what is right. It's not always easy or comfortable to make one's spiritual well-being more important than our physical well-being. As the video said, it's, it's not always easy to do what we need to do. That's why Paul says he punishes, I use the NRSV because of its choice of words. Paul says he punishes, he beats his body into submission so that he controls his flesh, his emotions, his desires, his lusts, his insecurities, rather than these things control him. Oftentimes in our lives we wonder why we struggle and it's because the things in our lives are controlling us. It's because the, our insecurities, our lusts, our desires, we allow our, our whims and our impulses to guide and steer our directions and our decisions. And Paul says, I have that same weakness, I have that same capability, and that is why I physically and mentally and spiritually discipline myself to do what is right. A lot of times we just want God to take away temptation. We want God to just take away the situations in our life that could possibly ruin us. And as many of us here have experienced, myself included, it doesn't work that way. Each and every one of us, sometimes on a daily, sometimes on a weekly, maybe a few times a year, we are faced with difficult obstacles and situations. And Paul's saying we have to be prepared, we have to be disciplined to do what is right. We have to be disciplined to, to make our prayer and to make our, our time and Bible study a priority so that we are strengthened, that we are strong enough to do what we need to do when the time comes. Too often times we, we treat our, and this is something that God's been convicting me of, is we do kind of a hodgepodge spiritual training. We do a little bit here and we do a little bit there when we feel like it. And a true athlete has a regiment. And yes, we need spontaneity. Yes, we need 
freedom and we need to be able to change things up and to do things as the Spirit leads. But if you're a little bit ADD like myself, it's so important sometimes. If you're really busy in life, I don't think there's anyone in our modern society that's not really busy. If you, if you aren't, congratulations. I want to spend time with you and figure out how you're doing that. Sometimes we need to step back. But are we actually scheduling in like we do with everything else in our life that is so important? That which is most important, our spiritual walk with Christ. Do we set time? Do we set ourselves and make ourselves disciplined to make that the most important thing that we're striving for? Another thing we have to push through, we have to push through the lies. They talked about Satan's on your shoulder, the lies of your own mind, the insecurities and the doubts. Lies that say, I'm not worthy of what God has for me, that I'm not spiritual enough, I'm just not wired that way. My past is too broken, I'm, I'm too insecure, there's no way God can possibly use me, there's no way I can possibly grow. We have to push through those lies and recognize the truth that we find in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. We are not the broken messes of our lives. We are not the situations that we are facing. We are not the hurts. We are not the things that people have called us or the way people have treated us. In Christ, we are new beings. We are new creation. We are children of God. We are being pulled out of the ashes and made into something beautiful, something strong, something powerful that God is wanting to use to show his love and to bring healing and restoration within our families, within our friends' lives, and within our communities. Sometimes we have to push through those lies, and one of the ways we do that is we have to know God's word. We have to know the promises that God has for us. We have to know and understand how God sees us. Sometimes we have to be sure to form those positive relationships within the body of Christ that can encourage us, that can hold us accountable, that can love us despite what we're going through, that can encourage us to say, no, you are not what you think you are. You are better than that. You are a child of God. So we have to push through the lies. And oftentimes when we're doing what God is calling us to do, when we are doing what is right, when we are trying to follow God's will for our lives, of course the enemy doesn't like it. There's spiritual opposition the world doesn't like it. It doesn't make sense. There's oftentimes uh, physical opposition. And it's easy to become fatigued. When you're doing uh, hard training, you become tired. And there comes a point in your training where you have to push through the fatigue. Now, if we were relying on our own strength, I dare say there's no way we could recover the strength that we need to fight the battles that we all often face in this life. But the strength that we're to have, that we're to push through and to seek is not our own. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 through 31. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. 
But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Prophet Isaiah understood that we're weak, that we all stumble, we all fall. And oftentimes, think of that guy running on that ledge. There's been times in my lives where I know I was running on that ledge. And it's the grace of God I didn't step off. And there are times in my life where I, 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 I would swear I was trying to jump off and something was holding me. Thank God for mothers and grandmothers and family members and church members who pray for us. We have to push through fatigue. It says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now that word wait, it's an act of waiting. It's not just a go to sleep and wait and hope for something to happen. It's an act of looking and searching, looking to God, looking for him to come up over that hill to fill us and renew us, fully trusting and hoping in him. We have to push through temptation, temptation to do what we want rather than what we need to do. Sometimes sin isn't always... Uh, you know, we always think of sin, we think of the big ones. But sometimes we forget that sin is simply in disobeying God. Or at least sometimes in our things we think, well, I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. But then there might be that moment where God says, hey, take so-and-so out for coffee. They need someone to talk to. And we sit there like, oh, but God... You know how draining they are, and they go on and on and on. The temptation to be comfortable, the temptation not to step out in faith. Time when God says, hey, put a bag of groceries in the back of such and such a vehicle. Or give an X amount of extra dollars towards missions or towards the church, and we say, yeah, but, but God, I, you know, if I do that, I won't be able to, to take my buddy's D-dubs or something. There's so many different things in our lives that God calls us to, and it could be something as small as that or something as big as God saying, hey, I want you to sell everything you own and go to the Middle East and tell people about me. To get to where we need to be, to get to where God is calling us, we have to push through the temptation to be comfortable, to do what's familiar, and rather do what we need to do, do what God is calling us to do. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's very hard for us in our culture and our society to submit to God. We've told from time and time again as we grow up that you're, you're in charge of your own life. Only you can control your own destiny. We pride ourselves on being strong, independent people. But to follow Christ, we have to submit ourselves fully and wholly to Christ. Part of, the, part of that is resist the devil and he will flee from you. Sometimes we, we wonder, and I've had that in my life, I'm like, God, why am I struggling? Why is this so hard? And God says, because you're not fighting it. You're not trying to. If you struggle with lust, don't go on the computer when you're alone. Don't rent movies when you're by yourself. If you're an alcoholic, don't go to the bar. Don't buy alcohol if you're an alcoholic. It's quite simple. 
I know it's a struggle. I know it's difficult. But there are practical things in our lives that we must do to resist temptation. Just as an athlete does certain things, an athlete is not going to buy a bunch of junk food and put it in their kitchen. Instead, they're going to buy the things that they need. They're going to buy the proteins and the carbohydrates and the, and the vegetables and the fruit that they need to grow and to be strengthened. And so in the same way, we need to be disciplined in our spiritual lives that we are placing things in our lives that will help us grow and be strengthened rather than things that will deplete us and make us incapable of doing what God is calling us to do. We have to also push through sometimes our own mindsets of thinking that we've gone far enough or that we've gone as far as we can go. Ryan, when he shared last week, he showed a video clip of the guy that was, they made him do the death crawl. He had to crawl with a guy on his back, just his hands and his feet. And he didn't think he could go beyond the 30-yard line. And his coach blindfolded him and made him keep going and going. Made him just promise to give me your best. Of course, he ended up making it to the end zone. Too often times in our spiritual walk in our own lives, we, we come to Christ and we get along a little bit and we start growing and then some things happen and we start going to plateau. And for a lot of people in training, that happens. I've seen it in the gym. Someone will come in, they're working out for like seven, eight weeks and you can tell. I mean, their body's changing, they're making great gains and then something happens and the next thing you know, they come in a little bit and then they just plateau. And often what happens is people give in and they think, well, I went as far as I can go. I just don't have it in me to go beyond what I've experienced. And we have to get past that. Too often times we settle for nothing. We settle for what has been. Well, God did this in my life at such and such a time. And we talk about what God did. And we talk about those great moments. But instead we're to be pushing forward. We're to constantly be putting one foot in front of the other. We're continually be moving forward to what God is calling us to do. And if we think we've gone far enough, we're going to miss it. And if we think we've gone as far as we can go, we're wrong and we're going to miss it. So Paul says, run with purpose. Don't stop till you reach the end. And when we die or when Christ returns, whichever comes first, that is the end of this life. And it's the beginning of the next. Only those who finish the race win the prize. In our society, we love giving out awards for the effort prizes, but in the spirit realm, in eternity sense, there is no consolation prize. There's those who finish and there's those who don't. Only those who don't give up continue to grow. Only those who, after falling down, get back up and continue forward will continue to grow. And the enemy lies and tells us we aren't strong enough. He tells us to give up. He puts our mistakes on a jumbotron screen and replays them over and over again. And we constantly hear the jeers and we constantly hear the boos of the enemy and and sometimes the people and family members around us, and we think, that's, that's as far as I can go. I'm never going to get past this issue. I'm, I'm never going to be strong enough to really do what maybe I feel God's called me to do. So, you know what, I'm just going to settle. I think God will be okay with that. And yes, God is gracious, and God is merciful, and it's not our own strength. We're saved by grace. 
through faith, not by works. But too often times we, we take that and we twist it and we rob ourselves and we rob Christ and we rob the body of Christ and this world of what could be because we settle for less. I had a baseball coach when I was in Little League and, and uh, it was a great coach and there were times that we would get beat, especially at the beginning of the season when there was one game particular I think of and it was one of those where you get up and you throw the ball to first and it flies past and the kid runs around they clear the bases and just error after error. We screwed up. We made mistakes. We were all better than that. We knew it. We just didn't show up. We didn't bring our A game and our coach though, even though we lost the game, they didn't beat us. We lost it. He would not let us hang our heads. He said, keep your heads up. Keep your chin up. He said, we're not going to pout. We're not going to cry. He said, keep your heads up. Now, he didn't ignore the mistakes, obviously. The next practice, you best believe we worked on those things and we heard about our mistakes. We understood what we did wrong. But he was not going to let us defeat ourselves because we lost one game, because we had made so many mistakes. Same way the Holy Spirit often works in the same way that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. We know what we've done wrong. But instead of the the jeers of the enemy will hear that small, still voice of God. We hear the Holy Spirit urging us to allow him to pick us up and to renew our strength. But we have to be willing. We have to be desiring. We have to be hungry for him. We have to be reaching out, waiting for him to pick us up and to fill us with his strength that we can continue on. Only the hungry are fed. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us this morning as a church collectively, and he's saying, go Get it. The Holy Spirit is saying he has so much for us as individuals and as a body. And he's asking us, are we ready to to put into the things that he has for us with more tenacity, with more hunger than anything else in our life? Are we willing to step out of our comfort zones? Are we willing to simply schedule time to hear his voice? And to do the things that he's calling us to do that will train us, that will prepare us? Are we willing to choose holiness over sinfulness? Are we willing to allow ourselves to be stretched, strengthened, and used beyond what we think we are capable or we are comfortable with? And are we going to choose to never stop training for and running towards what God has for us? Even if we stumble, even if we fall, And are we going to commit as a body to be there beside one another? And this week, we all have different family members and friends, and I've got friends who have stumbled and fallen. And are we going to come along each other, and we're going to grab arms, and we help each other up? Are we going to help clean each other's wounds? And are we going to look to God together and say, God, we need your strength, that act of looking and seeking for him and allow him to fill us, that we might continue on Verse 24, do, not know, do you not know that in a race the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air but I punish my body and enslave it, 
so that after proclaiming to others, I myself should not be disqualified. Let us run with purpose. May we not beat the air, but may we hit the mark. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I thank you for the clear and simple illustrations that you give us in your word that can help us understand your will for us. Father, I pray this morning, right now, in Jesus' name, that there would be a renewed hunger and a desire within each and every one of us, myself included, to press on, to push through, to run with purpose, to not neglect our spiritual growth and development. Lord, may we hunger for you. May we hunger for your presence. May we hunger for the, your giftings and the things that you have for us. May we hunger to see your kingdom expanded, Father. May we hunger and thirst for your righteousness to be lived out in our lives. Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to each and every one of us right now. Give strength to those who are weak. Lord, we ask that you would pick up those who have fallen. Guide us with your Spirit. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.